This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Praise God. Thank you, Lord, for the Holy Ghost. Amen. How many are you glad for the Holy Ghost tonight? I'm telling you, I am. Hallelujah. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Where would we be without him? Lost. Yeah? Yeah. Want to welcome all of you that are watching online tonight. Glad you can be with us. Hope you got a Bible. And I hope you got a Bible that you can actually take a pen or something like that and write in. It's like our founding, uh, my spiritual father said, if you got a Bible you can't write in, throw it away and get one that you can. Because there's stuff that we need to learn, glory to God, and sometimes you just need to take good notes and put them in there. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, I don't know. You know, we've been getting rain. Y'all glad for that? Huh? Yeah. I heard somebody, you know, complaining about it rain, and I said, you know, I wanted to slap them. <laughs> but, you know, I can't do that because of a lot of reasons. But, you know, man, I'm telling you, we need, need the moisture so it's good, and uh, it's going to be great. Farmer's going to get a good crop. It's going to be awesome. Hallelujah. You know, the Bible says that God causes it to rain on the just and the unjust. You know, and sometimes Christians, you know, you talk to them, they say, well, God, just put it on the Christians, but don't let them sinners have it. Well, you know what? I'm so glad that he was merciful to us before we met him. So, you know, lighten up. Hallelujah. We're glad for your being here tonight. Praise God. We're going to teach the word of God to you. It's going to be a blessing. You're going to be enriched. You'll go away and say, wow, that was a good meal. Hallelujah. How many have been to a restaurant where it didn't turn out so good? Yeah, that's a bummer, isn't it? Especially when you spend a lot of money. You know, you spend all this money and go, give me a break, you know. But it's really great when you go someplace and have a really, really awesome meal. Isn't that right? Yes. Amen. All right, well, let's open our Bibles to the third epistle of John. We're using this as our text uh, during the midweek services that I've had the privilege of being able to communicate. We've been talking about walking in the truth. We're going to do that again tonight and uh, just discuss some things here. It's so important in the days in which we're living, praise God, to know the truth. Jesus said, you'll know the truth. The truth will make you what? Free. Free. And uh, I tell you what, it's so profound about really knowing and understanding the truth. Yet at the same time, we live in a world that is filled with all kinds of uh, false uh, information and narratives that are being communicated in order to really bring people into bondage, not freedom. So thank God Jesus came along and said, we're going to change that. I'm going to give you my word. And if you'll walk in the light of it, you'll have fellowship with me. You won't be in darkness, but you'll have the light of life. And so thank God we can rejoice in that. Hallelujah. Amen. Talked to my son today, and he was talking about uh, the camp that they attend uh, or go to or we use, I guess is maybe a better way of saying it, uh, there in Dayton is owned by, I think it's an evangelical free association or something of that nature that owns it. And uh, <clears throat> But he was talking with the director or the guy who runs it and whatever, and, and uh, you know, uh, it's kind of interesting because, you know, he said, when we get to heaven, there ain't going to be no denomination nations. And I said, well, you know, uh, that's what Brian was telling me. And I said, you know, he's got a good point. That's valid. And so he's just all about getting getting kids saved. And they, they have a, a pretty good track record of some of the things that they do as a camp. And then, of course, uh, that happens, and we experience that as well amongst our own. So they're having a good time, and uh, thank God the weather isn't too uh, ugly. So uh, when we pray to prepare our hearts to receive the word, we're going to pray for our kids. 
and ask the Lord just to minister to them and speak to their hearts and hallelujah. Uh, let, him, let him show himself strong in their behalf so they know he, he loves them. Amen. Let's pray. Father, tonight um, we are with grateful hearts coming before you in the behalf of our children that have made it to camp this year. We realize that maybe there may be some that were unable or whatever, and we pray for them as well. But Father, those that are in the camp, we're asking you, Father God, to open the eyes of their understanding. We thank you, Lord, for ministering to their hearts about the things that are important in their lives and the knowledge that they need. We thank you, Lord God, for as speaking to them that you'll bring peace and not only that, but just joy and cheer. And thank you, Father God, for each and every one of them being blessed as a result of being in that place over this period of time. We pray for our counselors, those that have went with, and Father, we lift them up to you and God may their reward be great not only in heaven but on this earth and we just thank you father for your goodness and mercy as we break the bread of life tonight we thank you for utterance in the Holy Ghost we thank you for eyes to see hearts to believe ears to hear hallelujah thank you Lord for your grace and your blessing in every one of our lives in Jesus name and everybody said amen, amen. hallelujah I tell you what God's good amen you always need to be thankful every day that your name's written in the Lamb's book of life. Amen? Because the reason being is not only are you going to be able to spend eternity with Jesus, but because, because that's true, you've been born of the Spirit of God. The Bible says, now, beloved, are we the sons of God, the children of God, born of his spirit. Hallelujah. We no longer have the old nature, the old sinful nature that caused all kinds of problems in our lives. But thank God we've been recreated, reborn, transformed by the power of God and made new creations in Christ Jesus so that we can walk in the light of the word so that the blessing of God can come on your life. Hallelujah. And so the truth is what makes that possible. Lies bring bondage truth sets people free there's liberty in knowing the truth can you say amen and we know that to be true even in the natural you know when you find something well I didn't know that man that's cool you know and so the truth will set you free but again we have these obstacles you know we got hell always working overtime trying to mess things up but thank God they're no match for the gospel they're no match for the word of God but you do have to have yourself uh, entrenched in the in the word the bible says in colossians 3:15 let the word of christ dwell in you richly or abundantly and and that's so important so how what's that mean well get in the gospels and let the gospel get in you because the gospels are where jesus reveals the kingdom of god the truth of god the character of god the nature of god the plan of god everything it's in there but you know, if we're, if we're, how shall I say, I won't say lazy, uh, complacent or indifferent about doing that, uh, then we miss out. So we need to have a steady diet. Everybody say steady diet. Steady you know, I mean, if you go without food for about a week, guess what? You're going to not feel so good and you're going to be, well... <laughs> ravenous let's put it that way but you know spiritually speaking a lot of people they don't pick up the bible they don't read the word of god you know it's not it's not part of their life but it needs to be that you know when uh, god was instructing joshua in joshua chapter the very first chapter he said this book of the law is not to depart from your mouth but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein for then 
you'll make your way prosperous, and then, really, and only then, will you have good success. So God wants us to be prosperous. He wants us to have good success, but it's predicated or it's dependent upon or conditioned by what you and I do with the Word. And so we want to make sure the Word's in our mouth. You know, when things come our way in life, how do we answer it? Are we going, oh my God, what am I going to do? Or are we saying, you know what, praise God, God will provide a provision there that is needed. Are you listening to me? And so, so we have to, the washing of the water of the Word of God is what brings that out within us. So that we're not, you know, when something in a negative kind of way comes our way, you can't just say, time out, I got to go over here and get in the Word and figure out what the Bible has to say. No, you want to have the Word on the inside of you so that when it comes, you can answer it. Huh? So, you know, it just needs, it's, it's incumbent upon us to be people of the Word of God. Hallelujah. Not only that, you know, you get false doctrine, all kinds of things, you know, religious teachings, you know, that aren't really the Bible at all, but they put people in bondage, you know. Unless you do it our way, then you're, you're not in. Or if, unless you do it, you're, you know, unless you're a part of our crew, you know, you don't, you don't know what you're doing. Well, you know, so much of that's just nothing but a bunch of junk. But you got to have the Word to rightly divide, you know, what it is that's going on in your life so that you got something to to, to anchor, anchor yourself with. Can you say amen? amen? So thank God tonight. I'm glad you're here because it affords us another opportunity. You know, I probably won't say anything out, you know, like mind-boggling whatever, or maybe even something that, you know, you haven't already heard. But I tell you what, praise God, every time you get into a place where the Word of God's being taught, it's a good thing because it enriches your life. We went to Monty, uh, Pastor Monty Knudsen's camp meeting last week, and we were there, well, we were there for about three, four days, and uh, man, it was so rich. One meeting a day, but every night we're in church, morning, actually Sunday morning, Sunday night, and it was so rich because, praise God, you know, you get in that environment and stay there. Everybody say, stay there. Yeah, so it's, it's, it, it, it affords the Holy Spirit the opportunity to, you know, do a little uh, maintenance and repair, get a few things put back together again the way they're supposed to be, put in the new parts that need to get there, and then after we get you all fixed up, then we fill you up with gas, hallelujah, and put something on the inside of you in your tank, you know, that you can live by. God wants you to live free. And not in bondage, not in fear, not in worry, not in confusion or any of those kinds of things. And of course, the Word is what does that. So John, when he was writing in his third uh, letter that he had written, notice verse 4. He said, I have no greater joy than to know that my children walk in the truth. Now, of course, we know that the Bible is the inspired Word of God. So even though John may have penned this, it was by inspiration of the Spirit and by the Holy Ghost that he said, I have no greater joy than to know that my children are walking in the truth. God wants you to walk in his truth. Amen. We mentioned to you walk is really a figure of speech. It means to pursue a course of action. In other words, a lifestyle, a conduct, how you live, to walk in or conduct your, or behave after the truth. I have no greater joy than to know that. Hallelujah. And so it's important for us to understand that. And you know, the reality, like I mentioned earlier, uh, the truth is a pretty precious commodity these days. You don't have to go very far and talk to somebody and go, man, where, what planet did you come from? 
You know, where'd you come up with that? You know, and so all these uh, wild ideas, but... <clears throat> You know, we talk about the information age, and it's really true, man. I mean, if you don't know something, Google it. You know, I mean, you'll, you'll get information. But is it true? Is it right? Is it accurate? You know, you got conspiracy theories all over the place, you know, and, and uh, it's wild what it is that's going on in the world. So it's important for us because there's a lot of voices out there all trying to gain our attention to convince you of their form of truth. You know, so if we just stick with the word, hallelujah, it'll keep you happy. I said it'll keep you happy. Glory to God. And it's so important. So the only plate, well, you know, the scripture I mentioned to you in Proverbs 23, 23, uh, we mentioned this, buy the truth, don't ever sell it. Also get wisdom, under instruction and understanding. Buy the truth. If you're gonna purchase something, let it be the truth, but don't ever sell it. Don't, don't exchange it for something that is untrue. Hang on to it. It's important. So the only place or source for the truth can be found, it, it can only be found in the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the truth. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. And so it's all found in him. You know, uh, how many of you remember growing up as a teenager and you thought you knew everything? <laughs> Some of you won't admit that, but it is. I mean, you know, you, get, you know, they talk about senioritis, you know, these kids get to be seniors, you know, and it's like, dear God. I mean, you know, you can't tell them anything. Why? Because they've arrived. Well, you and I both know they, they don't have a clue. Come on. And all of us were there at some point, unless you were, I don't know, cut out of a different piece of fabric. But the reality is, is that, you know, they, they got a lot to learn. But nevertheless, in their mind, they're totally convinced, man, I, I, know, I know it all. And sometimes you run, have you ever ran into a know-it-all? Sure. I mean, they might be 55 years old and they still know it all. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, you know, <clears throat> the real truth is only found in him. So it's impulse, it, it really is impossible for you or I to fully know the truth unless you're born again. It's an impossibility for you to really know the truth. Why? Because the God of this world has blinded the minds of those that don't believe. I mean, they, they again, really, I mean, they may think that they got it all going on or whatever, but the reality is they're clueless because they don't know him. And how many of you can attest to the fact that before you were saved, you maybe thought you had it all going on and whatever the case might be, and then you gave your heart to him and you realize, I don't know anything. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? Few of you. Okay, great. Well, at least I'm, I'm gaining. Hallelujah. Jesus made this statement. He said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. See, eternal life on the inside of you as a result of being born again is what affords you the ability to really have eyes to see. Huh? Because you really can't see without the life of God that is on the inside of you. Again, because of our nature being what it is before we meet him or before we uh, receive him. The Bible says in him was life and the life, the eternal life is the light of men. It's what illuminates everything. I don't know what it was like for you, but man, when I got saved, all of a sudden somebody turned on the light bulb 
And I began to see things that I never, ever, 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 ever could have imagined or understood or anything. All of a sudden, the Bible just came alive, and it made perfect sense. Well, that doesn't happen unless you've got the life of God on the inside of you. Can you say amen? amen? He said this, most assuredly, I say to you, that he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment. Thank God. Aren't you glad tonight, praise God, that Jesus' blood has rescued you and ransomed you from judgment? You'll never, ever see it. You know, we talk about the judgment seat of Christ, but if you've been in our meetings with Joe Morris, you know, he, he talks about the fact that it's, it's uh, what do they call it, the Bema, and it's really not, it's a reward seat, it's not a judgment seat. It's when you stand before him and he gives you his, your rewards, hallelujah. But the reality is, is that again, you know, <clears throat> um, the new birth is what makes all of this possible. But he goes on then to say in this verse, this is John chapter five and verse 24. He said, um, he who believes in me has everlasting life, shall not come into judgment, now notice, but has passed from death unto life, hallelujah. That's so good to know. Can you say amen? amen. Please say amen. amen. One more time, say it again. Amen. I just want to make sure you're conscious. Hallelujah. And I also want you to appreciate what it is Jesus did for you so that, thank God, you can rejoice in the fact that you have his life. Glory to God. Now, let's turn over to Ephesians chapter 1. If you would, quickly with me, please. Ephesians, the first chapter. I want to show you something here that's important. Notice with me, when Paul was writing here, he essentially is, he's kind of given his introduction. He says, you know, we're so happy that, praise God, you gave your heart to Jesus and that you're a child of God. And he's going down through this. And he said, since I heard of all this, I've been praying for you. Now, notice what he says here in verse 15. He says, uh, this is Ephesians 1 and verse 15. He said, wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. And so then he begins to talk about how he prays. First of all, he says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. How many of you know God wants you to know? He wants you to be in the know. He's not hiding anything. You know, people talk about the mysteries of God, you know. Yes, he is mysterious. You'll never know him in all of his fullness until we probably get to heaven. But right on the other hand, he has made us to know some things. God wants you to know. He wants you to know the truth. He wants you to know the plan for your life. He wants you to know his will. He wants you to know all of that. Hallelujah. So he's praying. He's saying that you might be filled uh, <clears throat> Uh, or that God will give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Now, notice the 18th verse. The eyes of your understanding, King James says, being enlightened. Um, that says being enlightened. But really, a better translation is the eyes of your understanding having been enlightened. You're in the know if you're born again. Now, you might be a little confused about this, that, or the other, some kind of doctrine or whatever the case might be, but there's someone on the inside of you that has lit up your life. 
And the more we get acquainted with him and the word of God, the more we're going to come to know the truth and thank God the truth will make you free. You know, we all, we have battles. We deal with issues, you know. People maybe attack you, you know. You got all kinds of stuff going on. You're trying to figure out how to navigate through all of this. And a lot of times it's, it comes in the form of wanting to put you in fear or confusion or anxiety or all of these different kinds of things. So as we mature as the children of God, you know, it's like the Bible says God gave these gifts for the perfecting or maturing of the saints for the work of the ministry and the edification of the body of Christ that we're no longer tossed to and fro by every kind of doctrine that's out there you know by the slight of man and the cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive but by speaking the truth in you know in love and growing up into him in all things who is the head Christ that praise God we can walk without all this other nonsense going on hallelujah can you say amen So we really do need to, you know, charge ourselves with the word. But when Paul is praying, he said, he said, your your eyes aren't going to be enlightened. He says that that the eyes of your understanding having been enlightened. Everybody say, I got it. You know, sometimes the devil said, no, you don't. You ain't got it. You don't know this. You don't know that. You're confused about this. You know, you're worried about that. You know, you don't know what's going to happen. This, that, and the other. Dude, we got the greater one on the inside of us. Hallelujah. So when these things come, you know, when there are those thoughts of fear and imaginations go wild, you know, and maybe they think this or maybe they're doing that or, you know, all these other kind of wild things that go on in people's lives to distract, to destroy, to discredit, to take away, to steal, to kill, destroy. That's why it's so important for us to have the word and become grounded in it, steadfast in it, unmovable in it, so that when this stuff comes, you go, devil, you are a liar I just uh, oh I don't know it might have been seven eight ten days ago I'm in the shower okay most of the time I like to take shower by myself and I'm in there minding my own business taking a shower and this thought comes you know and then another thought comes well I picked up on the first one so when the second one come I started laughing I said, devil, you are a liar, and I rebuke you in the name of Jesus, and since you brought it up, I'm going to pray for him. You know, I never heard another word. All went away. But you know, the devil, again, is out. He just spoon feeds people. You know, he puts something on the hook, sticks it out there to see if you're going to bite. But you know, when you're full of the word of God, you'll, your heart will immediately pick up on it and go, oh no, we're not going there. We're not going down that path in our thought life. We're not going to allow these imaginations that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. We're going to take them and bring them into captivity to the obedience of Jesus. Yeah. Are you with me? So we're not going to think these thoughts about, you know, how mad we are about this or what we'd like to do about that or what they think about this or, you know, this is the reason why they're so jacked up. All the, you know, negative, negative, negative stuff. And so what we got to do is we fill ourselves with word. Because <clears throat> a lot of, you know, a lot of times pastors, you know, ministers, preachers, they'll, they'll talk to you about, you know, you know, you got to fight this stuff off, you know. Half the time, most of the Christians are, you know, about half bug-eyed looking every direction because they're not sure what they're supposed to be looking at. I'm just telling you, if you get full of the Word of God, when it comes, it'll immediately come up and say, no, we don't do that. 
We don't live that way. We don't think that way. Yeah. We're not going down that path. Why? Because the Spirit of God is on the inside of us. And he said he gave us one commandment to love as he's loved us, and by golly, we can do it. Huh? Some of you, well, I can't love them. Well, you can, you just don't want to. Because you've been convinced that that's not a good thing to do, which in fact, it is the only thing to do. Thanks for your enthusiasm. Hallelujah. We're out to win, right? Yes. Yeah, we want to walk in the truth, right? Yes. We don't want to go down some stupid path that leads us off a cliff. That's right. Are you with me? Now, Tom Cruise, he can drive a motorcycle off a cliff if he wants to, but we're not going there, okay? <laughs> Are you with me? Some of you don't know what I'm talking about. All right, never mind. So, uh, go see the movie. <laughs> you know. Um, let's see, where was I? Um... Oh, so the new birth. Everybody say, thank God I'm saved. Thank God I'm saved. Yeah, born of the Spirit of God. The new birth is what makes it possible for you and I to both know and to walk in the truth. So you've got it, glory to God, if you're born of the Spirit of God. Now again, going back to the verses that we were reading earlier, notice again in verse 18, the eyes of your understanding being or having been enlightened so that you can know the hope of his calling. That's supernatural. That's not natural. The eyes of your understanding are the eyes of your heart and your ability to really see clearly what it is that's going on. Then he, he mentioned some other things that we won't go into because it's not really our subject. But you've been given the most priceless and, and precious possession in knowing the truth, and that is eternal life. The life that is in you is what enables you to be able to see, to know, and to understand his light in you. And it's in there if you're born of the Spirit of God. And I think sometimes, you know, this is, if there's any one thing I want you to try to get a hold of and get your head wrapped around, the God of this world will do everything he can to convince you or take away your confidence that you know what, it, you know what you're doing or that you know the truth. He'll try to spin it. He'll try to do all these things, you know, and different things of that nature. And I tell you what, you got to just resist him in Jesus' name and not allow it to happen. Turn with me to John chapter 16. John chapter 16. And let's look at this in the gospel. Jesus is talking to his disciples. Again, these are verses I know that you're familiar with, but nevertheless, they're super important and very, 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 very powerful. Notice here in John chapter 16. See, we, let me make this statement before we read this, but you have got to learn. You've got to learn to, to um, well, you've got to learn and listen to the leadership of the Holy Ghost. You gotta learn it, you know? He said, my sheep know my voice. People say, well, I don't know, I, don't, I can't tell if God's talking to me or not. Listen, you can, that's the devil telling you that you can't know. You, if you're born again, you can know, huh? You may not have all the answers and this and that and the other, but you don't have to get shook up about it because there's one on the inside of you that wants to tell you, huh? So it's important for you to, to, to believe, if that's the right word, but you have to learn and listen to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. This is what Jesus said about this. Notice with me, if you would, in, in verse 12 of the 16th chapter. I have many things, I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot 
King James uses the word bear or understand them now. But now he's talking about, he's talking to his disciples prior to the crucifixion and the resurrection. Now we're on the backside of the resurrection, so thank God we're not in the dark. Huh? He said, you can't understand him now. But notice what he goes on then to say in verse 13. Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth is come, he will what? He will what? He will guide you. Woo! Glory to God. Into all the truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatever he hears, that shall he speak. And he's going to show you things to come. And he will always glorify me. Hallelujah. For he will receive of mine, and he'll show it to you. Now, back up into the 14th chapter. Notice again, Jesus is talking about the Spirit of truth or the Holy Spirit. In verse 26, he says, But the Comforter, who is the Holy Ghost, hallelujah, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Peace I leave with you. My peace give I to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Don't let your heart be troubled. Never let it be afraid. You say, can you really do that, Pastor? You absolutely can. Hallelujah. Why? I mean, when you know that God's on your side and he's for you, dude, you win. It's a fact. There's nothing. Who can stand before the Lord? And he's at your side. He's in you. He's for you. He's with you. He's all these things. So no matter what it is that comes your way, it might be a financial thing. It may be a health thing. It may be a, you know, social relational kind of thing. Whatever it is, he stands ready to help you, to bless you, to guide you, to bring his word to your remembrance so that you can combat whatever it is that you're dealing with. Now, the only way you're going to get away or get away, get away from all of this, you've got to go to heaven. And I don't know, you know, I'm, I don't know if they're taking up a, a boatload yet, but I'm not quite ready. So I'm just going to do what he told me to do and we're going to win. Right. Are you listening to me? Yeah. Hallelujah. <clears throat> now, so with this in mind and with what it is that we just got in reading, turn to 1 John, the first epistle of John, chapter 2. So John, by inspiration of the Spirit of God, gives us this in the Gospels, what Jesus said. But now notice here in, in the first epistle of John and the second chapter, verse 20. John's writing again under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And in verse 20 he says, but you have an unction. Now, the New King James says anointing, which is, is an appropriate word by translation. But notice it says that you're not going to get an anointing. You don't have to wait for it. It might come someday. He says, no, you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. Well, I don't know everything. Yeah, but you got an anointing on the inside of you, and he knows all things. I mean, he can tell you stuff that you wouldn't ever know no matter how hard you tried. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Huh? He can, uh, he can warn you. He can alert you. 
Um, you know, I remember um, many of you know Larry McAlpine. He was working on a job one time, and they were doing a demo, and he was up, I think, I don't know if he was on the second floor, but he was up in this house, and he was standing next to this uh, chimney, and it was in bad disrepair and different things of that nature, and all of a sudden, he heard the Spirit of God on the inside of him step back. I, I'm telling you, he knows everything, and, he's, and he just had this strong you know, step back, and he no more than step back, and this chimney started crumbling and coming down, and it started at the top and went all the way to the basement. And if he hadn't have done what he did, he wouldn't be with us today. Are you listening to me? He can keep you. I said he can keep you. Hallelujah. And so it's important for us. So we have this anointing or this unction from the Holy One, and we know all things. Now notice the 27th verse of this same um, chapter. Notice it says, but the anointing or that unction which you have received of him abides where? In you. Hallelujah. And notice this. It says that you have, uh, and you need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you of all things and is truth and is no lie, even as it has taught you, you shall abide in him or it. Now, that's not to say that we don't need teachers, but it's saying that you've got a teacher on the inside of you. I went to a meeting one time. This had been, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago. Matter of fact, I was meeting Pastor Monty in Omaha. And so uh, we were going to have lunch together. And so I just decided to jump in the meeting, you know, get in the morning meeting. And he, uh, Monty was, uh, they'd asked him to do the music or something like that, you know. So he was, you know, singing like a, you know, metal art like he does and whatever. But when I walked in the door, I heard the Holy Ghost say, don't listen to what's being, what's going to be said. And I thought, Dude, this is a nationally known guy. That's weird. And so I sat down, and all of a sudden this whole thing. And I really wasn't paying attention to what it was that was said because he told me not to listen to it. You know what I'm saying? You know, just because somebody stands up on a natural, uh, national platform, that doesn't mean that they know what they're talking about. Huh? Matter of fact, you know, times can occur where people, you know, start out right, but they get goofy. Are you with me? And that, you know, we see that happening today. So thank God for the, the Holy Ghost, the one that's on the inside of you. I don't care who tells you whatever it is they tell you. If you've got a witness on the inside of you, that goes, eh, I don't know about that. You better listen to the, eh, I don't know about that, and not them. Or check it out. Because there's all kinds of stuff. I mean, man, people are, are um, well, they make merchandise out of Christians. And that is not cool. Are you listening to me? So anyway, enough about all that. We don't want to get all negative. We're having such a good time. Y'all having a good time tonight? I mean, why would we want to get all jacked up about that right now, huh? So he said you have an anointing in you that teaches you, and so we need to have confidence in the greater one inside us to help us to walk in the truth. Praise God. You got it. Everybody say, I got it. it. You really do have it. So let's, let's talk about uh, some different areas to which this can be applied. Let's talk about confusion. Ever been confused before? <laughs> you don't know straight up from Sikkim, baby. You, I mean, you got issues, huh? But notice this verse of Scripture in 1 Corinthians 14.33. It says, for God is not the author of confusion. So if you're confused, guess what? It ain't coming from heaven. Think about it with me, okay? 
He's not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. So if you, get, if you have a thought pattern that causes you to be confused, the chances are reasonably good. It's not God. Are you with me? And so it's important for us to understand that. So you say, well, what do we do? Hang on, hang on. I'm, I'm working on it. Here's another verse of Scripture in James. Uh, when James was writing in chapter uh, 3, he says, for where there is... Now, again, I think this is... Uh, the English Standard Version, or maybe the New King, New King James, yes. For where envy, now listen to this, it says self-seeking exists. Now, in the King James, it says where there's envy and strife, confusion and every evil thing are there. So where there's envy and strife, there's confusion and every evil work is what the King James says. And then it goes on then to say in that same opening, I believe, let me, uh, <clears throat> oh, so but the wisdom, listen to this, but the wisdom that is from above is first what? Pure. What's the next one? Peaceable. That's powerful. You want to know what direction to go in your life? Follow after peace. The Bible says, let the peace of God, you know, rule in your heart or let it serve as the umpire when you're making. If you don't have peace, man, don't do it. So it's pure, peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, easy to be entreated, full of good mercy, good fruit without partiality. And it doesn't have any hypocrisy to it. But again, where there is envy and strife or self-seeking, there is confusion. And, you know, you got all kinds of folk, you know, they're, they're, they're fighting small wars over this, that, and the other, and, you know, arguing and making accusations. Dude, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't, don't step into that trap, you know, in your relationships, no matter what. I mean, if it's husband and wife or if it's with your kids or, you know, somebody down the street, you, you, you just don't go there. Say, no, I'm out. Are you with me? Why? Because it doesn't do anything but breed problems. You know, the Bible says to cast out the scorner and strife will cease. Sometimes, you know, I, I know this is hard, but here's the reality. Sometimes you need to get rid of your fakey, funky fans. <laughs> Did you get that? Yeah. Golly, wow, that didn't turn out real good. Flaky, funky friends. Yeah, because all they want to do is argue. And, and what's really unfortunate is, is that their, their lives are messed up, you know, because all they want to do is fight. Well, you know, the Bible says that as much as rests within us, let's live peaceably with all people. And the reality is, is some folk, you can't. Huh? Well, I was listening to Joyce Meyer on Sunday morning getting ready to go to church, and she said, you've got to face this fact that not everybody's going to like you. I thought, well, now that's profound. Here's a woman, you know, she talked about, you know, when she first got in the ministry, everybody was telling her she couldn't be in the ministry because she's, she was a woman, you know. And then, and then you know, as, she, as, as God, you know, as his hand was on her and she started to grow, it didn't get better, it got worse. And, you know, a lot of it's just nothing more than jealousy is, is what it is. I tell you what, God can anoint anybody. Are you listening to me? I, but, but we got our doctrines, by golly. You know, um, 
Wasn't it here, I just seen in a news feed that, you know, the Baptists, didn't they get in a big uproar over women preachers? Did, did any of you see that? You did, Al? I don't remember what the whole thing was about, but I think it split them, made a big mess out of everything. Well, sometimes things need to be made a big mess of, you know, because they didn't like women preachers, you know? Well, they, got, so they just need to read their Bible. That's what I'm talking about, you know? Truth will set you free. I tell you what, man, I don't care if it's a man or a woman or whoever. If God is pouring through that person and speaking into my life, dude, you better listen. Are you with me? Now, you know, if they're some, yeah, if they ain't got it going on, don't listen to them. How about that? Praise the Lord. I don't have to go down that path. Hey, man, I got a lot of paths. Let's look at uh, John chapter 1 here real quick. We're coming up on our hour here. And I want to try to get a little bit more into you here before we go. Y'all glad you came tonight? All right. Notice with me, if you would, here in James chapter 1. James is a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes that are scattered abroad. Greeting. My brethren, count it all joy whenever you fall into various temptations, tests, and trials. Most of us don't do that. Have you noticed? You say, why on God's green earth would I want to do that? Knowing, read the next verse, knowing this, that the trial of your faith, hallelujah, works patience or steadfastness or perseverance or endurance. We were in one of those meetings at Pastor Monty's church, and the guy was giving definition to the word uh, patience right here. And he said, most of the time when people think of patience, they think of it in the... In the, in the uh, context of uh, passivity, huh? Just be patient, you know, just, you know, just be patient. Well, the truth of the matter is, is that this also has a defining definition of while you are enduring, you're still moving forward. In other words, I'm patient, but I'm not, I'm not standing still. There's not passivity in it. You with me? I have to endure. You know, it's like your kids, okay? You got an issue with one of your kids. You got to talk to them about it. And so, you know, when you're, when you're talking to them, they ain't getting it or they don't want to get it or, you know, whatever. Well, you know, it's in that moment that you have to what? Exercise patience. Why? Because your faith is what's driving the correction, I hope. You're dealing with the child and say, look, this is inappropriate behavior or, you know, this and that or the whatever, however you're dealing with it. But they're not receiving it. And so, so there's this tension. So it's in that moment that you have to let patience or endurance or steadfastness have its or perseverance have its perfect work. That doesn't mean you go lay in a corner and wait till it's over because it ain't going to be over until you push through the thing and make it work out the way that you want to. Am I in the right house? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. You know, and that's what I'm talking about. But he said, you know, count it all joy. <laughs> yeah, amen. Count it all joy, brethren, whenever you find yourself in these kinds of circumstances, knowing this, that your faith is being put on uh, trial and you just need to let endurance have its perfect work so that you end up on the other side imperfect and entire, lacking no good or beneficial thing. Hallelujah. You come out on top. You, you don't give up. You don't quit. You just keep moving forward. Does that make sense to you? Now, notice he then goes on to say in verse 5, if any of you lack in wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men how? Liberally, Liberally abundantly. 
Huh? Notice it says, you know, and upbraideth not. In other words, he doesn't find fault. And it shall be given to him. You need wisdom? Ask him. He'll give it to you. But notice he goes on and says six, but let him ask in faith or believing, nothing wavering. For he that wavers or is confused is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and toss. I don't know what to believe. For let not that man or woman think or imagine that they're going to receive anything from the Lord. So we got to get this straight. The confusion needs to go. And we need to base the foundation of our lives upon the truth of God's word and what he said. Does that make sense to you? Now, we might have to do a little digging, but praise God, we're going to come out on the top side. We're going to win. We're going to have life and life more abundant. We're going to be victorious. We're going to have what God wants us to have, and it's going to be okay. Are you listening to me? Hallelujah. We're not settling for anything less than that because that's God's design. Okay, so anyway, about the confusion. Let's talk about... um, Making hasty decisions. <laughs> mm, yeah, mm, yeah. That's a tough one. Okay? Why? Because we're human. And you say, by golly, I'm going to fix this. I ain't going to, no, uh-uh, we're getting this deal done. That's the way I am. I always got a solution for everything Joan ha- you know, is concerned about. We can take care of this in a hurry. Well, she doesn't really want a solution. She just wants me to listen. Okay, now that's a little bit different in context, but I'm just saying that you can have a propensity towards wanting to jump. You know, it's kind of like ready, fire, aim. You know what I'm saying? We all do that. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm as guilty as any, but the reality is, is that, you know, the devil uses pressure to try to get you to, or, you know, to, to get people to make poor decisions. You got to do it now. I got to do it now. You need to get out. Push, 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 push. And I guarantee you that if you'll just call a timeout and just say, you know what? We're going to think about this for a little bit. You will probably end up with a different conclusion or a different action or a different behavior. Are you with me? You know, we've dealt with people all of our lives. I don't know if you knew that or not. But anyway, you know, and, and not so much in the church, just in, you know, everyday life and this and that and the other, you know. And so something will come up. And all of a sudden, you know, people are demanding things that are unrealistic or, you know, whatever the case might be. So then you have to, you have to process that and you have to ask yourself, okay, what, how am I going to handle this? What would Jesus have me to do? Well, you can't do that by making an immediate decision. Are you with me? You know? And, and so you just need to back up a little bit, and you need to give consideration. Pray about it. Huh? Be careful for nothing but in everything by what? Prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. And more than, more than likely, you're probably going to end up making it. Maybe not. Maybe, you know, you give them the steel toe. I, I, I don't know. But I'm just saying that, you know, don't make hasty decisions where your lives are concerned because, you know, uh, w- the world is geared to try to get you to make decisions without you thinking. Okay? And most of, the, most of the time, it's for their advantage, not yours. My wife and I, when we first got married, we didn't have much. And we needed a piano because God just called her to play the piano. She learned to play a piano on the platform in front of people. You know, well, we didn't have a piano at home, so she couldn't practice. We went over to, um, what's, what's the name of that place over there on Dodge? 
Uh, Kimball was the name of the, or the brand of the piano. But anyway, it's over there, you know, someplace by Dundee in there. Schmitz, maybe Schmitz. Yeah. So we go over there and dude, we're 21, two years old, three years old. We, we don't have a clue. And I mean, you know, it, it was like walking into shark infested waters. Or, you know, where the, where, where the, uh, the vultures are sitting upon a perch going, we got a victim, you know. And so we walked in there and we looked at these pianos, you know, and we, I mean, again, this is, this is, but we're going, you know. Sometimes you just need to go and look, you know. And a lot of times people say, well, you got any money, we can't do nothing. Go look, man, ain't going to cost nothing to kick tires, you know, so we went in there and we looked at these pianos and we finally landed on an upright that was a Kimball. And, and uh, boy, they put in the, I mean, they're putting a the full court press on us to buy this thing now. And so when, you know, we got done, I mean, when we were talking about it and everything, I said, well, listen, I tell you what, my wife and I, we're going to go home and we're going to pray about it and we'll see what we want to do. And they looked at us like, are you guys out of your mind? You know, and then they and they can even, you know, scoff. I mean, they'll put it. You're going to what? Yeah, we're going to go home and pray about it. We don't do anything unless we pray. What? Yeah, it's right here. You know, blah, 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 blah. So what did we do? We walked out the door and went home and prayed about it. And the spirit of God spoke to us and told us to put, I think, 500 bucks down. That's what we had. And we financed the other thirteen hundred and eighty five dollars. OK, that's what he told us to do. So we went over there, bought the piano, financed the thing. It was the easiest thing we paid off in any of our life. I mean, it, I mean, we had, you know, whatever the terms were, and I bet it wasn't three months or six or something like that. It was paid for. So my whole point to that is, is that you don't have to get in a hurry about anything. Now, the, the antithesis of that is when I fell in love with a 1981 Cutlass, and I had to have it. And she said, no bueno. You know, don't do it. You know, it wasn't that she was opposed to us having a car. There was something about it that wasn't right. And I didn't listen. She did, but I didn't. Bought the car, sure enough, 12,500 miles thing, you know, spins bearings and ends up in the shop. And thank God we got rid of that thing. It was a mess. But I could have, I could have uh, avoided all of that if I would have just listened. Are you with me? So what are we talking about here? Oh, making hasty decisions. The devil will, will use pressure to make people make poor decisions. So when you make your decisions, you want to make them on your terms. Did you hear me? You make them on your terms, not theirs. You know, just because somebody says, you know, you go into a, a car dealership and they want a gazillion dollars for a car, you're not going to pay a gazillion dollars for that car. People do it all the time. And they'll go in and they say, well, how much can you afford per month? It doesn't make any difference what I can afford a month. How much is the vehicle? Because all they want to do, if they say, well, you know, I can only afford like, you know, $300 a month. Great. We'll just get a plan. We'll set out. It'll only take you eight years to pay for it, you know, or something like that. And, and, and people do it. It's dumb. They don't even know what the actual value of the car is. But again, if you don't know, then that's what you end up doing. Huh? Mine the right house. You still glad you came? It is 801, you know. 
But it's important. You don't have to make decisions. Listen to the Spirit of God on the inside of you. We just bought a car for her uh, back in, I don't know, January or whatever the case might be. And we're over there kicking tires with a guy, you know, and we're, and I kind of got an idea what our car's worth. And, you know, they get, and that was when they weren't doing any of the, they were, they were selling for full retail. Well, Mikey's not going in there and paying full retail. Okay. I'm just not doing it. All right. And so we went in there and, we were working this deal, you know, and everything. I said, you know what? I said, I think, uh, I think my wife and I are going to go down to Jimmy John's or someplace and get us a sandwich or whatever, and we'll be back. We want to think about this. So we go down to, it wasn't that, it was Taco John. I don't know where it was, but anyway, we go down there, and, you know, we're having a bite to eat, and, and you know, I'm thinking about these numbers and stuff, and I just told her, I said, you know, I think we're leaving a 1000 bucks on the table here. And... Uh, so she says, well, yeah, whatever you think. So I went back down there, and I just told him, I says, I'll tell you what. And I gave him this price or whatever the case might be. And you know what? They took it. Now, that's a, an example of not getting in such a hurry about what it is that you're doing, because otherwise I would have given them what? Another $1,000. Now, they can deny that. They can turn me down. They say, well, my God, we can't do that. Sure they can. There are a lot of things that they can do. Am I in the right house? Why am I giving you this tutorial anyway? It's an example, you know? It's just, you know, it's, it's the way life is. Hallelujah. So, um, feeling pressure is nearly always a red flag. Are you with me? Huh. Here's the thing. God never functions in an environment of anxiety or care or fear. He doesn't. Well, you're his child, and he doesn't want you to either. So you can just, you know, rest easy, you know. I mean, think about Jesus. It's a great example, you guys. Read the Gospels about this guy. Dude, they were forever trying to box him in and put him in a box. Remember when the woman was taken in adultery? They said, hey, we found her right in the very act. Now, the law says she ought to be stoned. What do you think? He didn't answer them. The Bible says that he knelt down and he began to draw in the dirt. And they kept hounding him, pounding him, pressuring him, wanting an answer. And finally, he said, he that is without sin among you, throw the first stone. And then they, one by one, from the eldest or greatest of them to the least, began to think about their own lives and they started walking away. Now, why do you think that happened? Well, I don't know. Couldn't the Holy Ghost tell him right away what it was he was supposed to do? My point is, is that he just didn't jump, you know, when the pressure came. But he did provide him with an answer. Huh? You know? Are you with me? So, uh, we got to quit. I was going to talk to you about... Um, Worry, anxiety, and fear. But I tell you what you do. Go home and read Matthew chapter 6, verses 24 through 33. Jesus talked about the subject. He said, which of you, by taking thought, you know, can add any length or height or, you know, anything to your life? You can't. People say, well, you just can't go through life and not worry. Who told you that? Well, it just doesn't happen that way. Well, when Jesus said, take no thought for your life, anxious thought for your life, doesn't mean that you, you don't have to be responsible. I'm talking about anxiety. My God, what are we going to do? 
He just said, don't ever take those thoughts. And that's what we do. We take them. You got to give me one more minute. Turn over there to chapter 6 in Matthew and look at this verse of Scripture. Huh? Matthew chapter 6, real quick. I don't know where everybody else is in the facility, and I guess it doesn't matter. Notice verse 30, and I'll, I'll, this is the abbreviated version. He said, Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is, tomorrow's cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, of, O ye of little faith? I can't remember if it was Kenyon or just who said it, but one of these uh, ministers said that worry is the unhealthy child of doubt and fear. So in verse 30, he said, uh, or 31, he said, therefore, take no thought, saying, what are we going to do? How are we going to do this? Whatever's going to happen. See, we, we take the anxious thought by what it is that we say to it. You with me? So that's why before we answer, we put her on pause and we have a statement that is biblical. We have a statement that has faith in it, okay? Because when you say, my God, what are we gonna do? There ain't no faith in that, okay? And, and Jesus as much as said that. You say, well, that's just not fair. I mean, you know, I'm only human. Well, you are a human being. There's no question about that. But you're also blood-washed, blood-bought, and the Spirit of God dwells on the inside of you. And He's for you. He's with you. He's on your side. He wants to help you. He said He'd guide you. He'd bring the Word to your remembrance. He'd do all these things. He would empower you. So, you know, you, all this stuff that's going on, you know, we just have to say, look, I'm telling you, God's got an answer. He's got a plan. He's got a, a, a direction, a course. You know, people, you know, they'll be confused. What am I going to do with my life? Where is it going? You know, I, I need a plan from heaven. Well, he's got one. But as long as you're anxious about it, he can't get it to you. Remember, he said, you know, any lack of wisdom, ask God, but let him ask and fade nothing. Because when you waver, it's like a wave of the sea. You're driven all over the place and talk. Don't let that guy think that he's going to get anything from the Lord. Doesn't mean he doesn't want to give it to you, but he needs to have some, he needs some faith. He needs you to believe and say, Father, you are my father. You are my God. You said you'd meet my needs. You said that you would guide me and lead me by the Holy Spirit. And so I just want to thank you right now. Hallelujah. I don't even know what's going to go on, but I'm telling you that God is going to see us through. He's going to teach us, lead us, guide us, get us where we need to go. It's going to be okay. That's faith. Why? Because we trust in him. Are you with me? So there's more stuff that we could talk about here, but we got to quit. Would you stand with me, please? You wonderful listeners, you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. <clears throat> Tonight, Father, we're just so grateful for your word. And we thank you for the life of God that is within us and the spirit of God that indwells us. Father, we pray that you will lead us in the way that you would have us to go. And for all of the care, the worry, and the anxiety, we cast them all on you right now in the name of Jesus. 
every financial need, every health need, every kind of circumstance that we may be facing. Father God, you're going you're gonna to see us through. You're going to bring this thing about. You're going to manifest your presence in our lives. And you're going to see to it, Father God, that every need is met, every bill is paid. Thank you, Father, for divine health, wholeness, and healing in our bodies. We thank you, Lord, that if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us, that he will quicken or make alive our mortal bodies. I thank you for taking every sickness, disease, and infirmity from our midst. Why? Because you love us, Father. Hallelujah. You're on our side. And you, by the Holy Ghost, will quicken or make alive our bodies for whatever the need may be. Thank you, Lord, for supernaturally doing what only you can. And so we just rejoice in you, Father. Hallelujah. 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 Say this with me. Pray this prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. And I stand against all anxiety, all worry, and all care. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Lord God, for your peace that passes all understanding to keep my heart and mind through the Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Amen.